this might be a bit of a challenge, but I want you to imagine that you are a young man growing up in the Amazonian rainforest. Bit of a stretch of the imagination for any of us, perhaps. But as you come of age, as with all the other men in your tribe before you, your grandfather, father, uncles, brothers, it's time to prove that you are a man, that you can take your place in the tribe. And so you go out into the jungle, only to return after a certain number of days have passed. Only to return once that you have proved yourself worthy. We don't quite have experiences like that, do we? But the time away on a vision quest is a time of searching and growth. And there is this sense that on return, on return to the village, on return to the tribe, you are a new person. That that experience in the few days away where you had to fend for yourself will be the thing that will shape your future life. How you ate, how you drank, how you slept, how you spent the waking time is what shapes whatever comes along in the future and defines how you relate to other men and women in the tribe. As the word of God spread around the world. Many cultures discovered that uh, Jesus' baptism, his time in the wilderness, the time of trial he faces afterwards by Satan, is like that experience, the three the that experience of being a tribesman, or at least the journey into being a tribesman. The journey that Jesus faces shows to Jesus himself. It shows to the Father, but it shows to Satan that this human is God's son and he is ready to start his ministry. He's the one that is not just going to prepare the way for others, that's not just going to fit in with the warriors, that's not just going to be another but that this one is the one that others will follow maybe some of us would welcome time away refreshment it's the sort of thing that ministers like myself enjoy when we have our sabbatical like I had four years ago a time to think and restructure and refresh. But many of us will have known a a more pressured time. Those that have worked in an office will know that the telephone can ring at any time. 
interrupting the train of thought. Today, uh, an email can do the same. It used to be the arrival of the post, which might have been once, maybe twice a day. Only once now, of course. Um, Unless, of course, you happen to be in my home group where packages seem to get delivered every, you know, five minutes on some occasions. Um, Because, of course, it's not just the Royal Mail. We are used to those interruptions. But the desert time took Jesus away from people, away from interruption, away from society, away from distraction that might be present. And yet he is not alone. He is taken there by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit accompanies him in those 40 days and through the time of testing too. The Holy Spirit gives him the strength that he needs to resist temptation. And the Holy Spirit can give us that strength too that we need in our life. At the end of 40 days, when it's almost time for that rejoining into society but taking his rightful place, the tempter comes to Jesus. And Jesus is probably still in this wilderness, this desert but perhaps on its edge. Stones aren't usually found in the middle of a desert place, but it suggests maybe that it's a place where a river has flown and deposited stones, if not at the present time, at some point in the past. And so take the stone, Turn it to bread. Be fed. And Jesus responds relying on scripture. Man cannot live by bread alone. It's taken from Deuteronomy. It's about trusting the word. It's about trusting the word because of what is known about God. And the full passage points out that when spending the 40 years in the wilderness, God provided manna for the Israelites, that God sustains us in our life. He gives us the strength we need each day. The second temptation in Luke seems to be about power and wealth. And of course, as I said on Sunday night, that all three of these passages could be taken about our greed and about our desires. But Jesus points here to where we've all come from. He quotes what we can have beyond the wilderness journey. Moses had told the people that there would be much wealth 
in the promised land. That was the whole point of going there, going from slavery to a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of great riches. That's where the journey takes them, to a land of riches. It's a positive thing to look forward to. You know, and there are times that, you know, I stand here and uh, say about how God seems to have this preference for the poor and how it comes out time and again about blessed of the meek in the Beatitudes. You know, that sense of blessed of the poor. But actually it's about who we are and how we handle that. Emily Nobles gives me a bit of a ribbing afterwards saying, you know, there's folk with money in the church too, you know. They need to hear something positive. And said, God loves us all. It's how we relate. Moses is taking them on a journey to a place where there's wealth. But there's a difference between that. Moses taking them to where God has promised. And Satan offering great riches if you bow down to him. The wealth we get, the good things we have, come from the Lord our God. And we are to bow down to him and give thanks for them, not bow down to the evil one. When something good happens to us, an unexpected gift a recovery from ill health. Maybe even something that's regular, a roof over our head, food in the fridge. We give thanks to God, for that's where it comes from. The response Jesus gives to the third temptation also is about God's provision. It was at Massa, whose name means testing. It was at Massa that Moses struck the rock and the fresh flowing water comes out. That's where this concept of not putting the Lord to the test comes from. Satan wanted Jesus to reveal his power through a miraculous act. But that was not what was to happen. Not at that time. Miracles do happen. And we can pray for miracles but we pray for them to occur in God's way, at God's time, for God's purpose to be done. Jesus showed his strength at resisting evil by pointing for a third time to that story where Moses talks of God's provision for his people. So in thinking of bread, manna, 
of the promised land, of the water at the rock. There's an encompassing thought here of God's goodness to us and seeking his way. When you reflect on the passage, think of how God feeds and provides and refreshes. This Lent, which we're a week into now, let it not be a time where you're thinking about, oh, how well am I doing about giving up chocolate? Oh, I'm all weekend now. Let it not be a time where you think of earthly things, but think of the Father and how he has blessed you, what he has given to you, and what you can give to him. Celebrate the hope, the strength, and the love he gives. Amen.